So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I want to go a little deeper on the topic of financial legacy. And in particular, I want to address this question of does size matter? Many of you are aware I ran a client event over the weekend. It was fabulous. It was really fabulous. And as I said, the the real driver that I had in going deep on this topic of architecting legacy was to really challenge people on what they thought legacy meant and maybe stretch their minds in a direction they hadn't really considered before. So there's a whole series of questions that we asked. This question of does size matter is a really important one because I would hazard a guess based on dozens of clients that I've worked with over the years. When you ask someone the question, does the size of your financial legacy matter in terms of its success? Most people have answered yes. So I want to possibly give you some food for thought. Now, if you look at the data around financial legacy, what you will see immediately is that regardless of size, the majority of financial legacy does in fact fail, meaning within three generations, the wealth is lost and descendants find themselves starting from scratch again. The truth of the matter is that relationship to money is super complex. It is something that defies logic, no matter how logical we think we are around the subject of money. I see this coming up time and time again when it comes to wealth building and developing wealth. We often tell ourselves a story that either consciously or subconsciously, we have to grow our wealth to a certain size in order to create the impact, even if you were only thinking within our own family, in order for that to be where we want it to be, we think we have to grow our wealth as much as possible. Years ago, I was working with a surgeon on building his property portfolio. And on one hand, he would say to me that his number one priority was, how do I create enough resources to provide for my family and my children? That was number one priority. But the truth of the matter was that if you looked at his balance sheet, you know, long ago, blown past immediate financial needs of his family. Now, his net worth at that point was over $12 million, and that was about seven years ago. He worked insane hours, and he was booked months in advance. His stress levels were enormous, and his personal experience, he was worn out. He was struggling to avoid burnout for years he'd been in that situation. And although he did love some aspects of his work, he would often say to me, I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. The reason I'm telling you this story is because it is a common experience. We don't know how much we need. So we presume that size matters, that if we don't create significant financial resources with our wealth, we will fall short. We won't be able to look after not only ourselves, but our descendants. This question of does size matter? It's an important one, but I think it actually masks the real question. And the real question I think is, what do you want financial legacy to mean? 
So before we get into it, I want to kind of put up a quick disclaimer, which is that if you don't believe in creating an enduring financial legacy, that's okay. There's no judgment at all. It is perfectly valid to think, well, when I die, I just want to give it all away. That could be the end. But the truth of the matter is, if you are someone who would like your financial resources to have a an enduring impact over a long period of time, meaning you have this huge horizon, then you need to be more careful about who benefits from your wealth. There was a very complex model that I went through over the weekend at the at the course that I ran. But the essence of it is this. If you truly believe that you want your wealth to endure, one of the paradigm shifts that you have to consider instead of talking or thinking of your descendants or your kids or the beneficiaries as recipients of your wealth, you need to sort of move that slightly to the word steward. Now, I'd love to share with you the dictionary definition of stewardship that I thought was really beautiful. So steward as a noun has been defined as the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. The careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. If you embrace that definition, what that means is that you can get on the front foot. You can start mentoring your children, your nieces and nephews, the people whom you want to have look after your wealth when you're not around anymore, or even have this big overlap with them, maybe manage the wealth with them. If they can think of themselves as stewards rather than beneficiaries, or recipients of that wealth. And what that actually means is that they're going to not receive wealth for their personal leisure or gain, but that there's responsibility to look after it and to utilize resources that are congruent with the intention behind that wealth. Then you've got a much higher probability of seeing that wealth endure. The original question that I had was, does size matter? If you want your impact to be large, immense, do you need a massive pool of resources in order to achieve that? Or is that just in our heads? So the story I want to share just briefly is that of the two brothers who grew up in the same household with the same parents and exposed to the same money values. One brother went out, became an entrepreneur, set up a business, was wildly successful. And he went on to sell his business eventually. And when he passed away, he left $10 million to his three children. Now, because money had been very easy in his household, he hadn't felt the need to really talk about it much. His kids kind of knew it was there. They'd had a fairly easy, cruisy, upbringing, they were given everything they wanted. So you can imagine when they received the money from the inheritance, they didn't necessarily have the skill set to look after it. And sure enough, within about 10 to 15 years, 10 million was gone. On the other side of the family, the other brother, he'd become a school teacher, very modest income. He'd been very careful with his money and him and his wife had two sons. And the two sons were taught from a very young age what it meant to care for money, how to look after money, the value of money, the value of earning a dollar, all those things. When he passed, all he left behind was a small pool of resources offering a $30,000 annuity. Now, those two sons managed to take that $30,000 annuity and grow it into a small fortune. The point of telling you this story is to emphasize or underline that the size of what you leave behind matters far less than the skills, the thinking, and the mindset that you give to your recipients about how to care for that wealth. And I guess I'm really driving this home on a, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want you to take comfort in this idea that you may have an idea in your head of what your net worth needs to be when you pass in order to feel like you've left something significant behind, in order to feel like you've supported the next generation. But I'm going to ask you to let that go because if you haven't done a great job in shepherding the next generation of stewards, the money will be gone within a short space of time either way. The other thing that I would point out to is that it's really important to think about, you know, what level of legacy do I want to 
play? Do I want to have a legacy that just supports my children or am I looking to impact on a greater level? And statistically, this is my extrapolation of the data, but if you only think about supporting your own children, offspring, nieces and nephews as the sum total of your aspiration when it comes to legacy, odds are it will fail. So this is where we loop back to this definition of stewardship. If you can encourage recipients to transition to this idea of being stewards, the probability of financial endurance around legacy is far greater. And certainly my observation of very high net worth families, ultra high net worth families, is that some of the ones that have done a really great job in surviving beyond three or four generations really embrace that principle. So guys, that's where I'll leave it today. This is such an important topic and I know I've given you a pretty high level overview of the concepts. Don't kid yourself. The size of your net worth isn't the thing that's going to matter the most in the end. It's everything else. And so I leave you with that thought and I look forward to catching up with you next time. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to incosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.